Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. Something I find really fun to talk through is the life theme or incarnation cross on some websites. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk through the ways that we apply our life theme to various areas of our life. So do you want to go first and kind of think about some ways? Cause I can jump in and even see, say some ways that I see you applying yours and back and forth, but how do you feel like you use it in different areas of your life? Mm, I actually love this idea of you telling me, okay, let me get out my scroll. <laughs> Can you first say what your life theme is and explain a little bit about what that means? So your life theme, if you're looking um, on our website or on the app, um, is basically the theme of your life, the purpose of this incarnation for you. And so um, there's 192 of them. So they're very specific. And if you're looking for a clue about your purpose, the life theme is the first place to start. And the reason why um, it can help you with purpose so much is because it kind of reframes this idea that, you know, the life theme is not going to tell you, oh, you're going to be a nurse, um, even though it is very specific, but it's about what you bring to um, life, what you're here to bring and add and contribute to, you know, this collective, this society us, as humans. And so mine um, is about making sure that the tribe is nurtured, uh, both physically and spiritually. And so again, like I could have many different job titles and still be fulfilling that. And it's about the energy that you bring to every single, um, interaction, every single piece of work that you put out. If that is front and center, what happens is that you come across as someone who is adding value, um, and you come across as someone who's aligned. So I could be doing, for example, I could be doing human design, but if I did it with a different energy or led with a different kind of gift, um, people would feel it differently and receive it differently. And that's what's so magical about it is it helps you understand how to be the best version of you, um, how to be the most valuable, how to be living your purpose in wherever your life takes you. So the way that I see yours play out, at least in career first, I think is that you're very in the business, you're very tapped into what the collective needs. Like we're always kind of letting you lead, like as far as like content and like the things that we create, it's like, what do people need to feel taken care of? Um, I think I described it to you one time as like, like holding someone's hand. Like that's the energy that I feel like you bring to your work. It feels like you're like right there holding my hand, even personally, like in our, in your career, like the way that we work together, it really feels like I feel very taken care of. 
Um, you're very attentive to even like me and Jane, Jane's needs, like really silly things like, you know, you know what chocolate I like to have, or, you know, the tea that I like to drink or like when I come in late and you like make sure the air in my room is specifically turned down colder. Cause you know, I like to sleep cold. And it's just like thing you just are very attentive to needs. Um, especially because I think your, your son, your most important gift is gift 19, right? So, um, can you explain a little bit about what that means? Yeah. And so your most important gift is, is part of your, um, life theme. It's one of the four gifts that comes together to form your life theme. And so it, I think it's really interesting because you could think, for example, that, um, taking care of people's needs, or well, what's that going to do? You're just going to be some, you know, codependent, um, you know, wife on the side or whatever. And I certainly have iterated it that way before, you know, um, but really anything that is your um, a gift or your strength can be turned into something as big as you want to take it, you know? And so, like you said, I really sense people's needs on a very tribal level, on a very group level of like, what are people needing next spiritually? You know, what is it that is going to serve them the most? And that's what I let lead all of my, um, it's not necessarily what I want to talk about or what the trend is or whatever. It's like, what is it that's really going to serve? So there's a very, um, I guess, service-based uh, quality to that, to that gift. And like every gift, like I said, you can use it in a, in its positive expression or in its negative expression. And the more positively you express it, um, the more gifted you feel, right? Um, so yeah, so I, you know, I take it to the micro of me loving and I sometimes don't even do it consciously like, oh, this is me doing my life theme. But, you know, it just comes natural to me because the more you flex a gift, the more it starts showing itself in your life. And so, you know, I did those things without necessarily connecting consciously like, oh, wow, I'm doing it. It just, it comes natural to me. And I think one of the things about everybody who wants to be more gifted in their lives Part of it is, of course, understanding what it is you're gifted at. But another thing is getting out of your own way so that your gifts can actually come out of you naturally, right? So when you're not using your energy on the wrong things and you're almost allowing that weird void to take place where you're just pulling your energy back from so many things, you're not sure what's going to come next. You don't even trust life maybe to not force a control or to know what's the next answer. But that's when things like ahas and little guidances and just those little breathers in the day just lead you to have your natural unthought through self just come out of you without you even being conscious of it. Like even if you didn't know your design, um, those it's those spaces in between where you're brave enough to not just be pushing and forcing and controlling that the divine starts moving through you and showing your real self through you. And so me understanding that that's the role that I play in life um, into every interaction is like you really do understand that everybody is here um, to give to others, you know, in their own special way. And so what you give to me and what I give to you are two different things. Um, and both are beautiful, you know, and both serve their very necessary cog in the wheel. And if I tried to do what you do well, I would only feel like a failure and vice versa. And so what happens in every interaction where you are just doing your thing is that everyone else is free to fill their perfect roles as well. So I really see my life theme as, um, 
you know, very physically understanding, like, okay, if I can sense that you need the extra ice cube in your drink without knowing why I actually just act on it now more and more, um, up to the level of this is the next book that people are going to need, or this is what people are going to need next year, or this is what is coming down the track for my mom. Like it almost becomes like a bit of a, it has become almost like a future seeing thing a little bit because you can, sense the current moment and then you can see almost mathematically like okay well if x is right now then y is coming next because it just has to for this um the way that evolution pans out it just that is the way that the divine works is it makes the first thing happen so that the second thing can come around and so it's this sense that i always get of um what has to follow what has to come next in order for the natural best next step for anyone or any tribe or any group's evolution and well-being and thriving. Yeah. And I like that you point out that it's not something that you're like actively thinking about needing to do. It's really just something that naturally comes out of you. It's like the essence that you feel when you're next to someone. It's almost like the flavor of you whenever you're doing anything it's just very held it's very and even you know you could go as micro as and like like I said you're not actively thinking about doing it but you know what you share on your Instagram story is very much coming from what you're feeling the needs of that day or like you said the book the next book like that kind of thing or even you know when we do events people would think that we're very strategic about you know, planning out a year in advance of like which events we're going to do and what the topics are going to be. And that that would be pretty standard for a business. But we often, you know, within two to three months of the event, it's really you being like, okay, no, we have ideas of what we want to do and what you want to talk about, but you'll go, okay, this is what people are really needing right now. And we just trust that because we know that that is your essence and what you bring to people. And how wonderful to have this little micro culture that is our company that we are not um, sort of fielding the answer to that to something else. We know that the best answer to that question is going to come out of me. We know the best answer to certain other questions are going to come out of you. And we know who to ask for what um, clarity, for what wisdom, for what answers. And I really think that you know, what an amazing world we live in if everyone knew to default to who on the right stuff. It would just free us up of so much um, expectations and projections and, you know, wasted energy looking to in, for things in the wrong places, you know. Um, so I really love that we're talking about life themes today because we don't really talk about them that often, but they're so key. I think, too, I notice even um, what's interesting is I like that you point out the beginning is that this is how you iterate you and whatever you're doing. That doesn't necessarily mean other people should run their business that way. Mm -hmm. So I even keep that in mind when I see the way you manage people and mm -hmm. then the way that I need to manage people, even though what the way I see you doing it, I see it effective. And I'm like, oh, that works really great for her. That doesn't necessarily mean that I need to be that way with the people that I'm managing. But mm -hmm. I can see that you're applying your essence and your life theme and your gifts to the way that you manage me. And then I can go, okay, what does that look like for me? And then the way I speak with people, it helps me lean more into my way. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. So I want you to talk about how you, your journey that you've been on with your, um, your life theme, which is the cross of explanation. 
Okay. Um, actually, someone was asking me about this recently because they were asking about purpose to me. And my life theme is the cross of explanation. Can you explain what that means energy-wise? Yeah. So yours specifically, because there's always, not always, but there's sometimes a couple of different versions of each uh, cross. But yours is about being able to explain things to people um, in a very, well, with a lot of clarity, with a lot of making sense of things, with a lot of detail, with a lot of logic. And, you know, logic is one of those things that it doesn't come easy to everybody, but people who are logical think it's very obvious. And so, you know, you literally create logic for our app. You know, that's that's the funny, <laughs> like, literal. literalness of it. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, you you had to go on a bit of a journey. And I think we all do with um, understanding that those are our gifts in the same way that me, you know, feeling like I was good at nurturing a tribe and people call, people started recently calling me a good host. I'm like, what do you mean I'm a good host? Because I see my mom host in a totally different way. And I, it's done for something I identified with, or I saw the mold created for me. And I was like, that's not me. And so then I never thought that I could be one. And I wasn't even trying to be a good host. And then all of a sudden people telling me I'm good. Ho- I'm a good host. And I think if I'm correct, um, you know, you never identified as, you know, that being your main strength is, is in being able to explain things very, very clearly and easy to understand and bring down, you know, quite um, complex uh, problems, things that we don't understand, situations, um, and to make them really clear to people. I think I had quite the opposite experience actually growing up. And I think in my head, I always saw myself that way. I I knew what was going on in my head, but I could never quite get it out. I always felt very misunderstood actually, but it was because I was over explaining myself my whole life. And I even had most of the people around me would be like, oh my gosh, Taylor, get to the point. No, I just couldn't land with people. And the more I learned about my specific life theme and how you said, you know, with your life theme that could come across as like, you know, codependent and whatever, there's like a negative expression of how you would apply that. Mm -hmm. For me, if my essence is really good at clarity and landing things, the opposite of that is feeling like I have to over explain myself. And so the more I understood this, the more I was like, okay, Taylor, just say what's going to come out of your mouth. Stop thinking about what's happening in your head and trying to get it out of your mouth. Just let it come out. And the more I've sort of got myself out of the way and let my mechanics do the processing, not my mind, do the processing and let the string come out, the clearer I am with people. And actually the more effective I am in my relationships, in my friendships, um, the more invites I've gotten because mm-hmm. people are actually getting me. Um, cause I'm not trying to get them to get me anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like micro examples, um, when I was saying, how I see the way Jenna manages, but I don't necessarily think I need to be that way. The thing I'm really good at is creating clarity Mm -hmm. the way that I manage. I can sense when people aren't getting something clear enough and I can come in and I can go blah, 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 blah. And then it's just everybody's on the same page. It gets everybody on the same page. It's so funny. I don't think I've ever told you this story, but it's this is literally what I do for work in every area that we do, but it's funny that I did it back in high school. My teacher, one of my teachers told my mom in high school, 
Taylor will ask questions that I know she knows the answer to, but it's because she wants me to say it a different way. Isn't that crazy? That's wow. Li that's literally cross of explanation. I can hear when it's not landing and mm. I know the way it needs to be said for it to land. And so yeah. I'll ask a question for um, additional clarity. I love that. And and it's so interesting because often the things that we know that we need to give is kind of like the lens you see the world through. So then you often, um, you know, want other people to give that to you. Do you know what I mean? When, when you're the really the one that needs to give it, but it becomes your whole, you know, the theme of all your interactions. And similarly, I remember when I was a kid, I was always, you know, um, making sure that people had fruit when we were traveling. And I was always, you know, the one making asking about if we had water, if we were going away for more than, you know, an hour on a trip and those kind of things. Things that were so simple, you know. Um, but, you know, they naturally, when we're kids and we're not so conditioned, they do just, you know, kind of come out of us. And I love that our, you know, I want to tell people our kind of in joke is that you're not the CEO, you're the COE, the cross of explanation. <laughs> and the other day in our group chat with our developer, um, you out of nowhere came up with this like very um, clear, detailed, long um, paragraph about the exact process he needed to take. And I was like, wow. And you were like, yeah, I just, I said, you just COE'd that. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that was you bringing your contribution to a process. Right. And it, I could sense that there wasn't clarity. Mm. So, and I knew how to achieve clarity. And then I just, so the, so my gifts come in and they go, bu, 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 bu. I don't think that hard about it. Like you said, mm -hmm. you're not actively thinking about it. It's just what makes the most sense to me. Because mm -hmm. I think in either the book or the app, when you read about gift four, which is my, it's the first number in my life theme, AKA my most important gift. It says something about not thinking too much about how the logic way that other people would do it or reading up on the way to do it. It's more just what makes the most sense to you mm -hmm. because my brain creates logic on its own. So I don't think so hard about the way I should apply the way I think things should work. I just apply the way it comes to me naturally. Even for example, like in the, when you say I do the logic of the app, it's not mm -hmm. like I've taken courses on how to create the logic for an app or how to build out functionalities of an app. It's just what makes the most sense to me. Mm -hmm. And we just go with that. Yeah. And, and obviously it's a team it's freeing. effort. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. It's a team. Go on. You were saying it's a team effort. Well, it's a team effort because it's like the combination of you knowing what people need, you knowing the content that needs to be brought to people, you kind of sensing the way people need it. And then I come in and I'm like, all right, here's the way that I would set it up. And when this button gets clicked, then this happens. And then when this comes here, then this happens. And it's I'm mm -hmm. actually creating logic mm -hmm. for the journey of the user. And then, you know, you bring in a developer and they have expertise and it's like, here's the, here's the standardized way to do it. And then me and you can go, okay, no, but we know our people need this. So let's adjust. Like we're really trusting our own, our own mechanics to get the best mm -hmm. result, um, mm -hmm. because we just know that that's how we're going to get the best product. Yeah. And I think I was going to say it's really freeing because I don't need to 
tell you how to do your job because I can't tell you how to do your job. I can tell you what's important to me. I can tell you what I want the end result to be, you know, but I can't and and shouldn't and don't have to if I create the space for you to be in your brilliance, which is part of what my life theme is, is helping people get what they need in order to thrive. And as you were speaking, I was thinking to myself, like I have such good illustrations of people who have similar life, the same life themes as you and me who are doing completely different things, but still applying the same thing. So my brother is the same, has the same life theme as you and he's in politics. And, you know, you've spoken to him before when you need a political um, situation explained super well and very, um, you know, not aligned to left or right or this or that he will literally explain all the cogs in the wheel and break down things that we just don't really have clarity over because we read it in the news and it's always skewed and it's whatever. And he'll literally tell you what's up. Like he will explain just like the facts, you know, and that's kind of similar to what you do. It's not charged. It's not emotional. It's very, it's very objective and it's very clear and it's very free from interference. Um, so I think that's really cool. And then, you know, Oprah has the same life theme as me. And you can tell, of course, we're not doing the same thing, but she's really taking care of the tribe and making sure she's holding their hand through whatever she's anticipating next that people are going to need to thrive. Like she was talking about meditation, like on her show when people thought she was an absolute whack job, right? And she's a generator and she's a different whatever. But like what matters is you, it's that same energy behind it of sensing what people need and then being able to give it to them. She's obviously giving different products in me, different offerings, different services, different whatever, but the same energy. She's playing that same role in the community as me just as my brother is playing the same role in the community as you, but it's just different subject matters. Right. And even too, I see the way that you interact with friendships and stuff too. And, and you can speak more to this in your, like your personal life, but you, you sense people's needs in friendships as well. And it's like, it's you people feel very taken care of around you, even in your light interactions. Like we go to like a, a restaurant that we go to a lot and all people know you there and you know what this person needs and you're taking care of this person and and people are coming to you for specific things and it's I'm like watching like holy shit and I'm like maybe it's a four I'm like should I be more like that it's very um obvious that people feel taken care of around you so even it iterates in like the way you interact with people like even people that are light interactions mm, and and that's what's so amazing is again I'm not trying I'm not saying that's a good way to be to right. like myself or that's a good way to be performatively so that other people think well of me. It's just naturally comes out of me in more and more micro ways, the more I get out of my way. And also the less shadow you have over your gifts because your most important gift, which is um, you can actually look it up on the website. The website will bring up what your most important gift is, but it's also the first gift in your um, incarnation cross always. Flash life, life theme, theme. Mm -hmm. tends to also be imagine your biggest gift is also the place where you're going to stick out most from society the place where you're going to be more unusual right and so that tends to be the place if it's your kind of biggest edge your biggest kind of stick out that's the place that other people are going to notice more and sometimes notice more for the worst and so that tends to be the thing that we get judged over or misunderstood over or 
um, we tend to have shadow around. And so a lot of coming into your gift as well is is getting rid of the of shadow of the negative expression of it, right? So for me, um, you know, because it is rooted in being sensitive, and I don't mean emotionally sensitive how we use that word, but sensitive as in sensitized to the world around me. You know, being called too sensitive as a child is still one of the biggest things that haunts me, right? Because it was like, stop, stop crying, keep it together. Now enough now, like you're crazy. You're picking up on things that aren't, you know what I mean? And so um, I think a big part of coming into your gifts is being unafraid to um, kind of live out loud with that gift, right? And express it positively um, and get rid of the worry that it means that you don't belong or that you won't be loved. Because if I go back to that, you know, what did stop crying used to mean? Stop crying now was like, if you keep on crying, there will be negative consequences, right? So what happens? You shut down that gift, like Taylor, stop talking. Okay, just get it out. Keep it together. That means I'm going to alienate people if I don't if I keep talking, right? And so then actually that's when your mind gets in the way of your gift and then you actually create the situation that you're afraid of, right? And right. so um, it's kind of a vicious cycle. So one of the things to really understand is it's not a process, having that gift come out of you is not a process that happens in the mind. It's a process that happens actually in the body when you work the body, when you get rid of the fears of, showing yourself, showing your giftedness and knowing that doesn't mean that you're going to be more special than people, but also doesn't mean you're going to be ostracized from society because actually you're going to be providing value and showing up even with your friendships, your relationships in your work with the way that people subconsciously without even knowing it want you to show up for them. That's the thing that's going to make you zing to them when they sense that you're giving the things that you're actually good at giving and that they needed from you the most. And that's when they'll value them, you the most. So it's a very non, um, you know, I think sometimes with spirituality, we try to still calculate it so much and we still try to contort ourselves into what a spiritual person should look like or be like. And, you know, some people are meant to be uh, nurturers and some people are meant to be more shocking and some people are meant to be more logical and some people are supposed to be more emotional and none of these things are bad it's the way that we've had examples of all those things being iterated in negative ways in the past that we judge certain human qualities as being worse than others when in fact you can be emotional in the positive way if you're doing it with the intention of sharing if you're doing it with the intention of lifting other people up or if you're doing it from a place of it's embracing that gift whereas if you have judgment over sharing that gift that's what's going to be in the in the soup of when you're sharing it right or when you do it with lack or control or trying to force a certain outcome or make people think of you a certain way when you share it. Whereas actually there is so much joy with sharing it because you love the sharing and you love feeling connected to whatever the divine is like your specific channel, your specific phone line to the divine is online. You know what I mean? You're like connected through that channel and then you're just sharing that channel. That's what's really fun. And then you can let the outside chips fall where they may and they will always be good chips. I can promise you that. As you're talking, because um, I've shared with you something you call like a personal lie. Like we all have something that everyone has different various personal lies. And one of mine is like, I'm afraid of being annoying all the time. And as you were talking through your childhood and saying, you know, you always thought you were overly emotional, too sensitive, and that kind of probably tied into the negative expression of your of your life theme. Mine is I 
I'm afraid of being annoying. And it was because when I was a kid, now I'm making that a connection. I felt so misunderstood and I was always trying to understand and wanting people to understand me. And I would ask questions mm-hmm. that were just too deep for people. Like I'd be like, why, but why, but why literally my dad would be like, and this isn't a bad thing, but he'd be like, you're not allowed to say why anymore mm-hmm. literally as a kid. And I started saying why the letter Y yeah. <laughs> as, as my way around it. Cause I just needed to understand. And I, I, I would try to say things to people and I'm, I'm getting now that it's my mechanics that I could tell you how I got to that clarity. I could tell you the whole road, but Mm. what people don't, people don't want that from me. That's for me Mm. to do my system to do what they want is the sentence at the end that Mm -hmm. was the clarity. And then I share that. So Mm -hmm. when I was sharing my whole life, trying to explain to people how I got to the clarity that's not what they want from me. Mm-hmm. So it was misunderstood. And I'm annoying because I'm taking too long to explain to you how I got to clarity. So mm. probably stems from that. Yeah. And you know what's even crazier? Back to my brother. He was the exact same thing in childhood. I my bet. dad used to say, my dad used to say, I'm going to get you a t-shirt with a question mark on it <laughs> because he used to call him the question master. And it's really making me think, imagine if Because all that is, is not understanding that people are built differently than you. Imagine having a child now and knowing that they were a COE, okay? When you saw that, instead of thinking it was annoying or instead of thinking it was a pain, you would be like, oh, let me encourage this out of them. Because maybe as a parent, you sense it's incorrect for you, but that doesn't mean it's incorrect for your child. But we just don't know that. And that's why a system like human design that explains our differences helps you really Um, get the best out of your children, get the best out of people you work with, get the best out of yourself because you're not um, anthropomorphizing, i.e. assuming that what's good for you is by default what's good for your children or what's correct for them. And so imagine encouraging that rather than, you know, interpreting it based on how it made you feel as a parent, you know, or parallels are so big. Or even to someone like me and Andrew, being like, you know what, that's something you're the person who's going to find the why. Because mm. I think as a parent, um, probably there's like a shadow around not being able to explain the things to your kid because that's not your thing. Like me and Andrew were the one figuring out how to explain things. And it's probably really confronting as a parent. Mm. My mom has said my whole life that half the time she doesn't know what the heck I'm talking about. But mm. she she can feel that it's true, but she can't quite it's it's not work. It's not computing for her because she gets that the way I see the world is a, a very different way than she sees the world. So imagine I would love now knowing that now knowing that my mom would probably have just been like, you know what? You tell me, girlfriend, mm-hmm. you're the one that's the explainer. Let's hear it. Encourage it. You go find the why. And um, I think that. It's interesting learning this stuff because you th- you think about your parents and you're like, it gives a little bit more understanding of that. The thing that you thought you needed from them maybe wasn't actually what you needed from them. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the thing you needed to give yourself. A hundred percent. And sometimes the things that you want them to provide are things they just don't, they just cannot, even if they tried, could not provide, but they can provide you other things. And you know, I've said this before in other places, but the day I gave my mom a reading was so healing to me because I completely understood like 
it let her off the hook in my mind of so many things that I thought I she needed to be to be the mom I wanted her to be. And in fact, there was so many things she was doing so correctly all along. Um, and like all of us, you know, sometimes expressing the gift in a positive way and sometimes expressing it in a negative way. And it's really allowed me now where we have a relationship where I really encourage her to go for, you know, the positive versions of that gift. And I I push her along, you know, I'm the one who's like, yeah, go for it, say it, go, you know. And, um, you know, if just the same way that we're like that with a team, it should be like that, as you're saying with your kids. Like if your kids are really well equipped to do something from early on, just because they're young, they have it in them and it's almost pure and unadulterated from a young age. So I love what you're saying about like, yeah, portion some of the tasks out to your kids. <laughs> yeah, because I think about too, where this whole conversation is around applying our life theme to various areas. One of the things I'm most excited about when I become a parent is to get to explain things to my kids. My mom is a um, child development expert. She we, we ran a Montessori school. Our family did for like 25 years and she was the person who was certified in infant and toddler development. So she's always taught these parenting classes. And the thing that stood out to me about it was the way she teaches parents to explain things to their kids. And I said it to you one time, you're like, yeah, of course, that's the thing that stands out to you. Yeah. <laughs> Duh, that's probably not what stands out to everybody. But yeah, again, we think that everyone else functions the same way as us, but I can't wait. And like, the, the moments that I feel most connected to my nieces and nephews are memories where I can remember my nephew taking him to the science center and we're looking at an exhibit about the brain and neurons and he's trying to understand it. And I sat there and I explained in a way that made sense to him what it mm. means. Like when you drink out of a cup, your brain creates a pattern and he really got it. And he's like a little five-year-old mm. and those are my fa yes it was crazy and he was like oh that makes sense tay tay i was like cuz your brain doesn't want to think about it every single time you just you just drink the water oh so mm. i said when you go to your um you know he goes to these they call them uh ninja classes they're essentially just fitness classes i said when you're learning how to do something new in your ninja class it's hard because your brain's trying to figure out how to do it but the more you practice it the more your brain creates a pattern and then it becomes easy and it's not so scary right so when we do new things we try them our brain is scared and then eventually our brain's not scared and so that to me is the way i'm also an ant mm. Exactly. My, my nieces and nephews coming to me and asking for explanation on things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how many times do I come to you to explain something to me? I'm like, wait, hold on. How are we doing this again? <laughs> What's the process? You know, and, and I really Always. rely on you for that, you know, and without thinking that just because I don't know, that makes me dumb. You know what I mean? It's like, no, everyone is in their perfect allocation. And how wonderful that we just get to do our thing. Um so I just think it's so beautiful and life does really reward you when you just double down on your thing. And that's, I think, what I really want to encourage people to do today is just to understand that, you know, the things that come so naturally to you, maybe you're not even aware of what they are and you don't have to figure out how to bring more of them. Just 
just look them up so that you have some kind of reflection of what they are and then try to get rid of all the stuff that's in the way like the fears of being that way the um thoughts that you have to be anything else the judgments that you have of oh that's not a good enough gift you know all of that stuff is the stuff that needs to come out of the way um for the gift to really thrive and i promise you like I also was raised not thinking I was a nurturing person or a caring person or giving people what they need. That was never the things I got reflected back to me, never. Um, so, you know, it's been a really long journey to even get to re-see myself that way. Like the same with you, right? Like you never thought that you were gonna be basically in charge of tech development for an app and head of strategy for a company like you wanted to be an influencer um and so it's such a journey of unbecoming to let your real self come through it, it is about taking the layers off of all the things that you're insisting you have to be in order to get success in order to be happy in order to feel gifted to feel capable to feel like you are the light and it's streaming through you um you know life sometimes has has better um, better ideas of what that could look like than than what your brain, which is very limited when it comes to yourself. Your brain is not very qualified about thinking about your own life. It's much more qualified about looking at the outside world and becoming a genius at something, right? Um, but it's very limited when it thinks about the potentials and possibilities for your life path. And that's where knowing your life theme can come in really handy. So if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out where to look to learn more about yours, you can go on the app and you can look up what's called your life theme on other websites. You might see it called your incarnation cross. Um, you can read about that, but then you can also look at the four numbers that are in brackets. Each of those numbers are corresponding to a gift. So you can read about each of those individual gifts in the app or in the book, there's even more in-depth descriptions of each of the gifts that you can read about all four of those gifts. <laughs>